Can you open your Bibles with me to Ezekiel chapter 43? We're going to go to Ezekiel Old Testament book. Don't flip this. Go to the table of contents. I see y'all looking all creepy. The table of contents is the most important page in your Bible until you, until you learn your Bible. We're going to go to the Old Testament book of Ezekiel chapter 43. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning on how to build a successful church how to build a successful family. I want to talk to you how to build a successful business, how to build a successful life, how to have a successful career, how to be, amen? Amen. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And I want to talk to you about it because I want to talk to you about what it takes to build what God has called you to build. Amen? What it takes for God, what it takes for you to build what God has called you to build. And the secret is found in Ezekiel chapter 43. Are y'all ready? Nah, four of you. Are y'all ready? Ezekiel chapter 43. Are y'all ready? Come on now. This is called the pulpit for a reason. You know why this is called the pulpit? Because we pull people out of the pit. Come on, somebody. That's why that's called the pulpit. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be pulling people out of the pit. Guess what? Y'all might help pull something out of me this morning. Y'all gonna help me preach today whether you want to or not. Who are y'all? Who are you? Is this Restoration Church? Y'all going to help me preach this morning whether you want to or not. Are you okay with that? Thank you. Ezekiel chapter 43, starting in verse 12. Listen to this. This is the law of the temple. Everybody say the law of the temple. This is the law of the temple. The whole area surrounding the mountaintop is most holy. Behold. Here it is again. Listen to this. This is the law of the temple. Twice. Two times in one verse. Amen? He said two times in one verse. He's letting you know that this is very, very important. This is not just something that you just pass over and read over. It is called a double annunciation. Saul, Saul. Verily, verily. Truly, truly. Whenever God says something and repeats something twice in his word, he is telling you, you better pay attention because you're going to miss something. Amen. Amen. When he double announced something, he's telling you to pay attention because you're going to miss something. Amen? Amen. Listen to this, verse 13. These are the measurements of the altar in cubits. The cubit is one cubit and a hand breadth. We're going to stop there. And I want to talk to you this morning about that phrase right there. Amen? Amen? Y'all are doing good. Amen? I'm going to talk to y'all too, so y'all got to help me preach this morning. Okay? I want to talk to you about this because Ezekiel gets a word from God on the restoration of the temple. Okay? So Ezekiel... And, 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 and God is telling him, he's saying, this is going to be how you are going to restore my temple. He gets a vision of how to restore the temple. And God told him that he would restore the temple. And he says this, he says, you are to measure it in cubits. The word cubit is a very common measurement in biblical days. Noah was the first person to ever receive the cubit. God, from God, had told him how to build the ark in the measurements of a cubit. Okay. In the book of Deuteronomy, there was a giant that the Bible says was nine cubits high. And the reason that this term cubit 
is so important. In the Hebrew, it's called amah. A-M-M-A-H. It's called amah, the cubit. And the reason that it's so important, and they were given this very particular, it was so common throughout the Old Testament. Listen, guys, because, because they didn't have engineering. They didn't have modern technology like we do. Listen, they didn't have all the They didn't have tape measures. They didn't have rulers. They didn't have, so the cubit was given. See, they didn't have any of this stuff. So, so, so God gives them something that everybody has. Amen. Now, here's what I'm telling you. A cubit measures out to six hand breadths of a man. Now, y'all going to help me preach, whether you want to or not. So everybody hold your hand up like this right here. Everybody do it. Participate. I want you to participate with me. Come on. Hold your hand up like this. Okay. Now, I want you to fold your thumb in. Fold your thumb in. A hand breadth is the distance from this finger to this finger. Amen? A cubit is six hand breadths. So if you take your arm and you go from the bend of your elbow, come on, play along, to the tip of your middle finger, and you count this out, count with me. One, two, three, four, five, six. Amazingly, unless you have a really weird arm, <laughs> they're out there. Um, amazingly, <laughs> seriously, unless you have a really weird arm, that's a cubit. It is six hand breaths, listen to me, it's six hand breaths that equal one cubit. And it's the length from your elbow to the tip of your middle finger, guys, listen, it's six hand breaths, it equals one cubit. In Jewish teaching, the rabbis teach that this part of the arm is called the mother of the arm. Amen? This part of the arm right here, the rabbis teach in Jewish customary teachings that this right here is called the mother of the arm because it's the portion of the arm that gives birth to everything man dreams. Amen? And I want to say this. That if the Jews think that this is the mother of the arm. That's the father right there, big boy. I just wanted to throw that in there. Listen, the mother... The mother of the arm, because it's the part of the arm that creates. Man dreams, man imagines, man conceives, man thinks, man comes up with ideas. Man can do all of this in his mind, but it's not until the mother of the arm, until, until the six hand breaths of a man, until the cubit of a man's hands go to work. Amen. Until you start forming and fashioning and creating, men can think, men can dream, men can imagine. But it's not until the mother of the arm goes to work. It's amazing what they did in the Old Testament with the cubit of a man's hand. It's amazing. They built magnificent temples. They built towers. They built shields, swords, weapons, clothes, pottery. They built beautiful cities. And it was all done. Listen, man dreamed it in his mind and the mother of the arm, the six hand breaths, the cubit of a man's hands built it. 
Amen? My wife is in New York City right now, and the cubit of a man's hand built the entire skyline of New York, Chicago. Man dreamed it, and then the mother of the arm built it. Amen? Are y'all following me? Are y'all awake this morning? Huh? The cubit of a man's hands. The mother of the arm starts fashioning. See, man conceives ideas, but it's not until the mother of the arm the six hand breadths, which equals one cubit, or the cubit of a man's hand goes to work. Amen? Amen? And again, it's amazing what they did in the Old Testament. It's amazing. With the cubit of a man's hands, he builds, he carves, he invents, he makes instruments of war. He makes, amen? This part of our body is extremely skillful. Amen. This part of our body, guys, you got to get a hold of this, is extremely skillful. Listen, it took 1,500 years from the time of Jesus Christ to Leonardo da Vinci for knowledge to double. You got to listen. Then knowledge doubled next in 250 years. Then knowledge doubled in just 50 years. Listen, then in 1960, in 1960, Knowledge began to double every 10 years. And then in the 1980s, knowledge began to double every two years because the invention of the computer was coming out. Amen. By the 2000s, knowledge doubles every six months. The latest statistic, the latest statistic, every three months, the world knows twice as much as it did three months ago. Your technology that you think is so awesome, that brand new iPhone 15 you got in your pocket that you think is so awesome, in three months' time, there will something be something in the lab that will make that thing look like a pogo stick. Amen? Because we are twice as smart in three months as we were three months prior in America. Amen? 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 <laughs> right? It's going to, there's, there's so much more coming. So listen. What I want you to think about, what I'm trying to tell you, is the advancements that we have made as men from the Garden of Eden to where we are now today. Amen? From the Garden of Eden to where we are today, the world is a tribute to the cubit of a man's hand. Amen? The world is a tribute to the cubit of a man's hand, the giftedness of man, the creative ability of man to dream something and then begin to form it and fashion it and make it and mold it and turn it. You know, it's amazing what the intellectual ability of a man can do to create, to, to enlarge, to engineer, to build, to, to unraveling mysteries of DNA, to, to splitting the atom. Guys, listen, satellites that shoot out an image from, I can be speaking live right here, right now, and they can send me to Nigeria, and I can be live in Nigeria at the same time. Amen? Like, they can, they can operate on hearts and brains. Siri, they put a woman in my telephone. Think about that for a minute. You can ask her anything you want, and she'll give you the answer, and it's correct. And I know this is hard for some of you men. But you can ask her where to go and she will give you directions. All you got to do is listen. And, and they're right directions. 
It's amazing what man can do. Listen, all of these things done by six handbreadths of a man's hands. Somebody gets an idea and the hands go to work and they start molding it and shaping it and fashioning it and, 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 and building it and, and, and it's all done and everything you see. Somebody dreamed of it and somebody started building it. Even the seats you're setting on. Somebody dreamed it. Somebody thought of it and, and then somebody started. Listen, the watch you're wearing. Are you, man is gifted because man is made in the image of God. Amen. Man is gifted because man is made in the image of God. When you look back at where we have come from the Garden of Eden to where we are today. But sometimes that giftedness, sometimes that genius, sometimes that ingenuity, sometimes it will rob us of our need for God. Amen. Amen. And then we forget what John 15, 5 says. Look at this. We forget what John 15, 5 says. When Jesus said, I am the vine. Look at it, I'm the vine. You're the branches. He said, if you abide in me, I abide in you. Listen to it. Here it is. Here it is. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. I want you to, listen. Apart from me, without me, you can do nothing. Now, wait a minute, Jamie. You just used half of your sermon to tell me how gifted man is. And you ain't even never mentioned God. But Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. He meant nothing spiritual. He meant nothing eternal. Come on, somebody. He meant nothing that is moral. Nothing that, listen, nothing that will last for eternity can be built with the cubit of a man's hand. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing that will last for eternity can be built with the cubit of a man's hand. We try to do it without God. We try to do it on our own. We are not capable of doing spiritual things. We are not capable of doing eternal things. Come on, somebody, unless God puts his hand on our hand, and that's the only way that we can do anything like that. And that's where I want to be right now. That's where I want to be with this message today. That's where I want to be because that's what Ezekiel was talking about because God had given him a vision of how to restore the temple. Okay, look, check this out. Check it out. If you're not careful, you'll read right over it. That's why he said it twice in the same verse. This is the law. He said it twice. Pay attention. He said, now I'm about to give you the blueprint of how I want you to build my house. Amen. I'm going to give you the blueprint how I want you to build my house. And he said, this is the law of my house. Amen? This is not something that I will overlook. This is not something that we can negotiate. He said, this is the law of my temple. It is fixed. You cannot sway with it. It's the law. He says, this is the law of my temple. This is not something that we're going to overlook. He says, if you want to build me a temple where my presence will be, he says, I want you to do this. Look, Ezekiel 43, 13. Look at this. Did you get it? Did you get it? Watch. 
These are the measurements of the altar in cubits. The cubit plus one hand breadth. Amen? You'll read right over it. You can build everything with six hand breadths. But God says, if you're going to build me a temple, if you're going to build me a church, he said, if you're going to build me a family, he says, if you're going to build me children, they're going to love and honor God. If you want to build something that's going to last, he said, you got to do it with six hand breaths of a man and then a seventh hand comes on you. And that's God's hand because you got to have God's hand in your life. If you want to build something that is going to outlast anything that a man's hand can build, he says, you got to do it with a cubit, six hand breaths of a man, and then another hand breath. It's the seventh hand of God. You got to have God's hand. You got to have God's hand on it. I'm telling you, you got it. Six cubits, six, six hand breaths equal cubit. But he just said in that last verse to add an extra hand breath on it. You're going to need God's hand. Everybody say God's hand. Everybody say God's hand. You're going to need God's hand. Amen? You're going to need God's hand. He says, This is the law of my house. The law of my house is that you can build everything else. You can build a successful business with your genius and your brilliance and your intelligence and your hard work. You can build a house, but you can't build a home. He says, you can find somebody to marry, but you ain't going to stay married unless the seventh hand comes on it. Amen. You can build anything you want with the... Y'all ain't following me. You ain't getting it. You can build anything you want with the cubit of a man's hand. But he said, if you want something that's last, you got to have another hand breath to it. You got to put God's hand on top of it. You got to put God's hand on top of it. God said, it's not until I put my hand with your hand. Come on, somebody. It's not until you fill my hands with your hands. He said, I put my hand on your effort. He said, I put my hand on your effort. That's what he said. Listen, guys, so important. It's going to take God's hand to build everything that God wants you to build. I don't know if y'all got that. It is going to take God's hand to build anything that you want to build that's going to last. Anything that God has called you to build, anything God wants you to build, I promise you, you've got to have the seventh hand on it. You've got to. Everything else in life can be built with six hands. Amen. Everything in life can be built with six hands, but nothing eternal, nothing spiritual. And I want to tell you something. Nothing will last eternity that is built with man's hands. Nothing will. You have to have that hand of God that comes down on the sick. Thank you for that arousing applause. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, my hand, God said, has got to get with your hands, Ezekiel. Come on, y'all ain't catching this. Y'all got to get it. He said, my hand has got to get with your hand, Ezekiel. He says, you do what you can do. He says, and when my hand comes on, he says, I'm going to do what you can't do. Amen. That's it. He says, you have got to get my hand, and the seventh hand will bless everything that you put your hands to do. He says, you give me the six hand breaths day after day. You do your part. You do your part. And I promise you, when you do your part, he says, I'm going to come do what you can't do. Amen. It's important. It's important. I'm going to come with the seventh hand, and I'm going to do what you can't do. Boy, we sure need an extra hand at Restoration Church, don't we? 
Amen. Come on, y'all. We sure need an extra hand right here after we've set up, after we've practiced, after they've done everything they need to do, after they've set up here and did this, all the ministries. Can I tell you something? We still need the hand of God. We still need the anointing of God on this church. It don't matter what we do, where we are. If we don't have the seventh hand come down, whoo, you can put a spaceship on the moon. But if you're going to build a church, you better get the seventh hand involved. Amen. I'm just... I'm just telling you, you can put a spaceship on the moon if you want to. But if you want to build a church, you better get God's hand involved in it. Amen. You better get God's hand involved in it. You know why? Because he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Come on, y'all. The gates of hell. But the day we start thinking we're so smart, we're so sharp, we got this all together. We got our program in our skinny jeans and our... Listen, when we start thinking that we're better than that and we don't need the hand of God, come on, somebody. God says, listen, when you do what you can do, I'm going to do what you can't do. Amen. If you want to build a church, you better get the hand of God on it. Come on. This is a big deal right here. Our preaching ain't enough. You know why? Because it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Our preaching ain't enough. Our singing ain't enough. Amen. They may be able to sing like a bird up here, right? But I promise you it's not until the seventh hand comes on that demons start fleeing. Amen. They can be able to sit up here and sing all they want to, but it ain't until the seventh hand comes that demons start running toward the door, that chains are loose, that people's hearts start melting. Come on, somebody. You got to put the hand of God on it. You got to put the hand of God on it. Sing like a bird. But it ain't until that seventh hand comes. Amen. Ooh, it takes anointing, it takes the hand of God, it takes more than talent. Why are you screaming? I don't know. I don't know. Poor old Antichrist. Poor old Antichrist. What's his number? Six. Six. Come on, I want to be God so bad. I want to be God so bad. I want to be God so bad. Six. He says, come on, worship me, worship me, worship me, worship me. Love me like you do, God. Look at little, oh, you get up to six and then back down. And he comes back up and he gets back up to six, back down. Come on. Come on, devil. You can't do it without the seventh hand. Amen. You put the seventh hand on it. His number is six, six, six. You can't do it without the seventh hand. I promise you when you put the seventh hand on it, he can turn a devil into a saint. Amen. You can't do it, devil. You can't do it without the seventh hand. Come on, somebody. Listen, I want y'all to come with me now because there was a famine in all of the land. Y'all come with me. Come on. Follow me. Peanuts even paying attention. There was a famine in all the land. They had not had rain in three and a half years. The old prophet Elijah, he felt a nudging. He felt the nudging to go on top of the mountain and pray. So he goes up on the top of the mountain with a servant. He's got his heads down between his knees. He's moaning, he's groaning, he's praying. Amen? He said to his servant, he says, you run over there to that cliff. Look out over the ocean. He says, tell me if you see a storm brewing. And the boy ran 
while the prophet prayed. Amen? He looked out. He came back. Prophet said, what did you see? He said, nothing. He said, go again. One. Two. He came back. says, what did you see? He said, I didn't see nothing. He said, go again. Four times, five times. He comes back six times. He says, what did you see? He said, I ain't see nothing. He said, go again. He said, go again. And this time he goes a seventh time. I want to tell you something. Don't quit too soon. You hear me? Don't quit too soon. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but don't give up too early. Don't give up too early. Somebody would have gave up on number six. They would have never went to number seven. After you've done all you can do, do you hear me? After you've done everything you can do, the seventh hand is going to come on it, and you're going to find victory. Amen? When you've done all you can do, he said, go back the seventh time. He said, go back the seventh time. Hallelujah. It's coming to your rescue. Somebody needs to hear this. Because you've been weary from well-doing. But the Lord says this morning, I'm going to put my seventh hand on all you've tried to do. And together we're going to walk on water. Amen. First Kings 18.44. Look at this. What's it say? The seventh time. The seventh time. Amen. The seventh time. The servant looked out and all he saw was a cloud the size of a man's hand coming at him. Everybody do this. Look at your hand. Hold your hand up. Look at it. Don't look like much, does it? Don't look like much, does it? Ain't had rain or dew in three and a half years. And all he saw was a cloud the size of a man's hand. It's little, but it's loaded. Little's much when God's in it. Amen. It's little. It's little, but it's loaded. Some of you only praise the Lord when the miracle's complete. Come on, somebody. You probate your praise according to the size of the miracle, and all he's seen was a cloud the size of a man's hand. <laughs> the size of a man's hand. He said it's little. But it's loaded, right? Can I tell you, he always finishes everything he started. And if God has started something in you, you better believe that that hand is going to finish it and complete it. And if you've seen any improvement in your life, if you've seen any change in your life, if you've seen just a little bit of a breakthrough, you ought to give him a shout right now because his seventh hand, his seventh hand is coming. I'm telling you, if you've seen just a little bit of a breakthrough, the seventh hand is coming on you and it's going to give you victory. I'm telling you, amen. Come on, somebody. He runs back to the prophet. The man comes running back to the prophet and he said, what did you see? He said, I saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. And it's funny, guys. Listen, it's funny. <laughs> you got to read it. First Kings 18, read it, read, read it. Listen, Elijah goes berserk. He starts freaking out. He's like, run for your life. A storm's a coming. It's a gully washer. Y'all don't know Southern term. <laughs> we got a gully washer coming, y'all. We got to, he does, he goes berserk and he's like, take off. You got to run, it's coming. We got a gully washer coming. And, and listen, I want to tell you, 
he, he, he freaks out. And your Bible says in verse 46, look at this right here. Look at verse 46. Your Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he outran the horses of Ahab. Amen. He outrun the horses they have off the top of that mountain. And all he saw was a cloud the size of a man's hand. <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. And he outrun the horses of Ahab. Can I tell you, when the seventh hand starts coming, he said, you better get your expectations up because something's about to happen that you couldn't make happen. He was praying. The prophet was praying. He said, you go back the seventh time, and when the seventh hand comes, you better get your expectations up. Listen, something's going to happen your talent couldn't make happen. Something's going to happen that your connections couldn't make happen, but God's hand will make it happen. He opens doors that no man can close. Amen. He saw a cloud. And the Bible says that he outran the horses of Ahab. I love that. Ahab was wicked. The horses of Ahab represent the horses of the apocalypse. Amen. Amen. You got to catch it. Looks like they're coming to our city, into our world, into our nation. But let me tell you, don't you ever think that the horses of Ahab or the horses of the apocalypse are ever going to outrun the power of God when his hand comes on you. Amen. They will never outrun the power of God. When his hand comes on you, Elijah outrun all the horses. Amen. He outrun all the horses. I'm telling you, there's a generation in this world that the seventh hand is going to come upon. And I'm going to tell you, if the devil is really amping up his attack, you know, against the world, can I tell you there's going to come an anointing on the children of Elijah? Amen. When the devil starts amping up his attack, we're going to outrun the horses of Ahab. We're going to outrun the horses of the apocalypse because greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. Amen. That, does anybody still believe that today? Does anybody still believe that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world? Amen. Do you believe that this book right here still makes us victorious? Do you believe that? Can I tell you, the end times are not happening to us. We're happening to the end times. Woo, come on, you better give him a shout for that. The end times are not happening to us. We're happening to the end times. We outrun the horses of the apocalypse. Amen. The end times ain't happening to us, PD. We're happening to them. Amen. A cloud the size of a man's hand was coming at him and he said there's a revival coming he said there's a revival coming y'all a cloud the size of a man's hand and it's a seventh hand and when that hand comes can I tell you what you cannot do on your own y'all you hear me when that hand comes I'm almost done I'm almost done I think it's so important to understand that the six hand breadths of a man has to be done. Are y'all following me? The six hand breadths of a man has to be done. It has to be done. Let me explain it this way. One of the hand breadths is this precious worship ministry right here. Come on, y'all. 
You hear me? They come up here and they make it look easy. But it ain't. But I guarantee it sounds better than any music you'll hear in any club around here. Come on, y'all. Amen. You better let him hear you. You better give him some shout of praise for that right there, y'all. I guarantee you. One of the hand breasts is our children's ministry upstairs. Amen. That's two hand breasts. We got our greeters. Our volunteers. Come on, y'all. Our youth. Our security. Set up. Tear down. All of it. All of it. It's all right here. And then the seventh hand will come. When everything else is in its place. One. When everything else is in its place. And then the seventh hand comes. Come on, y'all. Then the seventh hand comes. But it's so important that the first six steps have got to be done. Amen? So important. Can I tell you, Moses had to put all the furniture in its place. Then the glory came. The glory wouldn't come when everything was out of place. It's important. We got to do our part. Don't minimize where you're serving. Don't minimize what God's called you to do. Can I tell you, if you're passing an offering bucket, if you're picking up when people leave, you got a walkie-talkie in your ear on the security team looking for weirdos. It's all part of the hand breadth. Listen, it's all part of the hand breadth of the body of Christ. It's called the body of Christ. Amen. It's all got to be done. It's all got to be done. Amen. And when God sees that we get to the tip, when God sees it, he says, well, now it's time for me to show up. When we've done everything we can do, he says, now it's time for me to show up, to stretch forth a hand that's just a little bit different because it's got a covenant mark right in the middle of it. Y'all miss a great place to shout right there. You hear me? He said, now you've done everything you can do, and it's time for me to put my hand on it. It's just a little bit different because mine's got a covenant mark right here. Now y'all can shout. Amen. Says, and I'm going to put my hand on everything that you've done. Amen. In closing, God wants me to tell you this morning that He wants to put His hand on your house. He wants to put His hand on your children. He wants to put His hand on your ministry. He wants to put His hand on your addiction. He wants to put His hand on your weaknesses. If you will do the six hand breaths. And you say, God, I need help. I need some accountability. I need to repent. I need to go to rehab. I need some help, God. And when you have done everything that you can do, he will bring his hand and he will set you free. He will set you free. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. When you have done everything that you can do, his hand's going to come and it's going to set you free. I promise you. If you will do everything you can do, the seventh hand's gonna come and do what you can't do. Amen. How many of you want the seventh hand on your family? Come on. How many of you want God's hand on your life? 
Hey, man, come on, stand to your feet this morning. Stand to your feet for me this morning. I double-dog every single one of you. I double-dog dare every single one of you this morning to reach your hand up to heaven. Come on. Reach your hand up to heaven. I want you to take the hand of God. Everybody say, Lord, would you touch my hand with your hand? Yes, we need you, Jesus. Can I tell you, God wants to put his hand on your house. God wants to put his hand on your business, on your future, on your children. He said, this is the law of my temple. This is the law of my temple. And then he said it again. I'm telling you, this is the law of the temple. You do what you can do, and God will do what you can't do.